biggest challenge for us as a, um, a growing technology company was always, uh, you know, being able to focus on uh, the, the needs of the customer segment that was going to be the early adopter of, of our product, right? And and not just on, you know, the, uh, you know, sort of uh, higher profile, you know, smart cities. In part one of my conversation with Matt Kaywood, the founder and CEO of Transit Screen, he told us about his efforts to help organizations manage the complex transportation needs of their employees. In this second part of our conversation, Matt goes into more detail about some of the unique strategies he's employed to land his first customers. And he also shares some interesting hiring philosophies that involves ascertaining where a potential employee can go, not just where they've been. Matt, I'm excited to continue our conversation now to understand for you this past seven years to grow your own startup and, and continue to scale it with its, I'm sure, your your uh, your own choice of, of hurdles to overcome. Um, can you share any insight? What is it like to take, okay, you, you have the technology and, and as a, a one who understands imminently the, the technology itself as an engineer, now being able to market it and, and grow the company, if there, if there was one insight that you could share with another uh, technology leader, another entrepreneur, what would you share? I think the, the biggest challenge for us as a, um, a growing technology company was always, uh, you know, being able to focus on uh, the, the needs of the customer segment that was going to be the early adopter of, of our product, right? And, and not just on, you know, the, uh, you know, sort of uh, higher profile, you know, smart cities, you know, very ex exciting area, a lot of potential, long-term projects that are maybe not going to deliver in any reasonable time frame or at all, right? So when we, you know, had to kind of look at opportunities early on, we were looking at, at, at everything, right? As, as you do when you're trying to go to market. And I think that the challenge for us was always, you know, saying, you know, this is what we're, we're going to be. We're going to be a company that helps businesses with their, their transportation uh, challenges. And, and we're not going to be you know, working in the, you know, transit agency space as much as so we're not going to be doing, you know, smart city Dubai projects, right? We're, we're going to be, you know, really focused on, on, on what we do. And, and that's, that's a, it's a challenge. It's hard to let go of, of these things, right? You know, when, when you think, oh, it wouldn't be so cool if, you know, and that's, that's, that's always the challenge. But if you're going to be successful, you have to, have to really have a, a strong focus. You know, you can't be B to B and B to C at the same time. It just doesn't work. Having that focus allows you to then probably put all, all your efforts in one place to make sure you can then achieve the success. I imagine as you continued on that journey, you're, it, it, you honed the messaging and, and the product itself. Uh, if you could share one tactic that you found has worked well when you kind of started to make that first couple initial um, clients who said, oh yeah, I'll try this out, I'll do it. What, what did you find that had worked to say to get them on board and then to start to grow that customer base, to actually I, I, uh, go in with partners in government because um, we came from a government program, um, and and I think we've benefited a little bit from this kind of uh, regulatory environment where governments were very interested in in uh, helping their you know real estate developers with solutions that would you know align them with uh, with uh, the transportation outcomes they were hoping for, uh, meaning you know fewer single occupancy vehicles, fewer cars, etc. So. 
we would often kind of go in uh, and approach with some of these governments with their their you know uh, some of their regulatory uh, uh, requirements for for new development buildings and and you know that would be our, our introduction to a customer would be you know we're solving your your government problem but from there, you know, it became something that was very, um, you know, appealing to people because once they saw a transit screen live, they it would it would really resonate with them, and they'd say, you know, well, why don't we have this in in all of our urban, you know, properties instead of just this one, you know. So using a mar the marketing tactic of, of regulations that they, they already have to follow these anyway. So uh, you come in, and you're like, oh, you're solving a problem, a regulation problem. Oh, and actually, I like the product itself. That's that's a fascinating tactic. That that makes sense. Yeah, it's sometimes called, uh, or it's been called regulatory hacking, and and it's uh, it's an interesting, interesting methodology. I don't know, you know, that it applies to every single company, but uh, for those that that it does, it can be very powerful. Uh, for over the years now, to to grow, um, you as a, as a business leader, your your team has grown. What 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 uh, does your team look like right now, and how have you developed that? Yeah, so uh, we have a, a team about uh, thirty to thirty five, based in Washington D.C. Um, you know, under, under normal circumstances, uh, we, we'd be all in, in the same office uh, with only a couple remote people. And, you know, everyone uh, would be either taking metro or biking or walking or, you know, scootering to work. No one drove. And, you know, so you talk about, uh, you know, using your own product, talking about both, both in terms of transportation and in terms of the information. Uh, we really, really do that. Um, so, you know, it's it, that's been a kind of key value for ours uh, of ours for 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 many years. Um, you know, we also have a very um, we've got a diverse team. Washington D.C. is a great uh, market for that, as well as um, you, you know one that uh, you know is, is is well divided up between you know engineering and sales and marketing and 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 customer support. You know, it's not really dominated by. By one group or, or another, it's really uh, more more kind of even distribution of skill sets uh, across the whole organization. Any um, insights you can share of what you've learned in growing a team um, that you're like, wow, I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad I know this now. Um, you can share. I think you know when you're growing a team, uh, you know, to that size, um, you know, you you really have to focus on. And, and, you know, I think, it, and maybe this would be obvious in retrospect, but you have to focus on, on bringing in people who uh, have the skills already to get you to the next level, right? And, and so it's always helpful to, you know, look at, at people with backgrounds, companies, you know, one step above or, or maybe two steps above, but not like 15 steps above, you know, like, like you know, basically you're, you're trying to hire for, for this, you know, the skill set that's going to serve you well over the next, you know, 24 to, to 36 months. And, you know, if those people can, can, can grow with you, then that's even better. Right. And, and, you know, many of the people that we've, we've hired have been, you know, coming from uh, previously successful uh, startups or other, other enterprises in, in the DC area. And, um, you know, but, but they've also been people who are, you know, capable of a lot of personal growth and, and professional growth. And, and I think that's, uh, that's the pattern, uh, you know, when, when we make good hiring decisions. What kind of difficulties do you see um, you'll need to overcome to be able to grow in this new environment, but also you as a leader and the way your organization is and um, taking it to the next level? Yeah, so, you know, being uh, remote, uh, you know, at least temporarily has been, uh, you know, a challenge for, I think, everyone. Um, 
and certain parts of organization like our, our you know engineering staff were already very much set up for being remote so that that's been easier for for that part of the team but you know uh you know sales you know harder to do remote right as we all know that and so uh, you know, the biggest challenge really, you know, for the next next couple months is just just making sure that that our organization is continuing to to operate at, at a high level, you know, in, in a time when, you know, everyone's including our customers are, are dealing with a lot of challenges. Right. So so we're we're very much, you know, in this in this mode where we're we're, we're you know, trying to get through it. And then we've got, you know, uh, as, I, as I mentioned, a couple of very exciting new products that are, you know, larger kind of enterprise products that, that we're working on um, and, and that are going to be, you know, very impactful uh, mm -hmm. for us as a company, really take us more into the, the realm of enterprise type company um, over the next, you know, six months to, to a year. Um, and, and, you know, we want to be as, as successful with that transition as we have with, you know, the growth of our, our you know, software as a service product. You know, I, I I continue to think that that the people who are best placed to solve you know transportation challenges are often um, you know not necessarily the the you know the people you think of you know not necessarily the UPS or the Uber or you know transit agencies the, the operators it's it's often uh, the people who are actually um, you know changing the incentives that 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 affect people's behavior right you know it's just like with the transformation of the workplace with you know uh you know hot desking and and offices and flex work like it's the same thing but for transportation and this is something that that i, I think is a is a uh, pervasive trend that's going to be affecting us you know remote work distributed work is part of it but but even within an office environment it's it's also everything is getting more flexible and that's that's really the power of, of you know automation and information technology right applied to this area and the sector of the economy that was previously not highly automated what do you see as overall technology innovations as you pay attention to different trends and things? What do you see as tech innovations that you predict we'll see in the near term, the next year or two, and long term, 10 years? Yeah, so in the, in the, in the short term, um, over the next couple of years, I'm, I'm very bullish on, on e-bikes. Um, I think it you know, has the potential to really transform a lot of cities. You're starting to see this in Europe, right? Like a lot of cities, a lot of people in, in, in countries like uh, Germany, you know, not, not just the Netherlands, not just Amsterdam, but like, you know, Germany, Paris, like, you know, other places, people are, are um, actually buying more e-bikes than they are buying regular pedal bikes, right? And so, you know, suddenly that really expands the footprint of places that you can, you can commute, you know, and using, using a bike primarily. I'm, I'm mainly a bike commuter. I, I do that probably 75% of the time. And so, you know, if we can kind of, you know, catalyze that, you know, reshape our cities a little bit, you know, I, we, we talked to a lot of employers who are actually giving bikes to their employees because they're not sure, you know, what's going to happen in a few months, you know, with transit. So, so everyone gets an e-bike, right? Now you've got to figure out how to park those. So there's a lot of um, potential to, um, to change, you know, pretty significant uh, fraction, obviously not going to work for every city and, you know, every, every, you know, suburb or ex-urban office site, but, but a lot of urban sites, I think, could be um, really impacted by this. You know, in, in, the, in the slightly longer term, you know, I think uh, you look at, at some of the changes that you're going to see from uh, autonomous uh, low-speed shuttles. Um, so, you know, maybe not that, you know, high-speed personal, you know, vehicle that, that's been on the horizon for a very long time now, um, but like, you know, just a shuttle that, that moves people around an office park or, or, or a large, you know, facility um, that's autonomous. Like that, that, that kind of technology is, is, is getting, 
very close and it's uh, it's something that needs to be integrated into the, the rest of the transportation framework right so so as 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 providers of information we can help with that integration process and so that's another thing i'm pretty excited about that concludes the audio version of this episode to see the original and more visit our uptech report youtube channel if you know a tech company we should interview, you can nominate them at uptechreport.com. Or if you just prefer to listen, make sure you're subscribed to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app.